Hello, welcome to another Cheap Shot Wrestling podcast. I'm Matt Bass. I'm here with Ben Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode number 31. Um, Thought I'd get that one out early. It's been a while since we've done an episode. Um, a lot's, we say, I think, feel like I say this ever at the start of every episode. A lot's happened since we last recorded. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Um, he, Ben's wearing an NXT UK t-shirt. I'm wearing an NXT UK t-shirt for a reason. And I'm wearing an Imperium t-shirt. For another reason. For another reason, the same reason. <laughs> which is that, uh, was it last week? Was it a week ago? week and a bit ago? week and a bit ago. A week and a bit ago, we watched um, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Oh, it was so In good. Cardiff. We got to watch it in person. Third row, I will yeah. add as well. That was a real yeah. treat. Because I didn't realise how good the seats were. We had amazing seats. We were three rows from the front on the um, what would be normally a commentary side of the yeah, table. Yeah, it'd be common. It'd be, it'd be um, right behind the announce table. But obviously basically. there weren't any announce tables at the ringside area, but it would be where they were. Mm. Um, we were such a good position. So now I know what the... Because from where we were, it's probably about the same distance from the ring as where, say, like... Corey Graves is from the ring when he's on behind the commentary oh, so table. Yeah, with the indent, he's probably on about the Smackdown. same distance. Yeah. yeah. So we now know what that looks like and it's amazing fucking seats. <laughs> it, honestly, I think even when we walked in and we were, obviously there's a, there's a few people in there that sort of direct you to whereabouts your seat is. We showed it, we showed the tickets to the guy and even he was like, you've got amazing seats. He was like, like, oh, you've got good seats there. He's <laughs> like, damn right. <laughs> like, yeah, we have. We had, we had like the people, like the way it was staggered as well. I think we could, like, we no one really got in my way. It was no. such a good view. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a fantastic show as well. Oh, we were um, treated to a, amazing a, matches. Incredible matches. Um, and we saw the two matches from NXT UK this week, which were filmed during the pre show. Yeah, they were, they were our pre show. Yeah. As in, yeah, we so got to our, see those our live. Our pre show nice. was the matches from NXT this week between they, Rhea Ripley and. Uh, Piper, Niven. Piper Niven, yeah, and uh, Sid Scala versus um, Knockout Punch, Cassius Ono, Cassius Ono, yeah, that was it. I actually forgotten it was Cassius Ono for a yeah. second. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, do you know what the Sid Scala thing you've talked about as mm. well? It was actually it was a really nice surprise. It was to see it that was, just pop up out it's of nowhere. Because I mean, um, I have realised as of late, uh, Johnny Saint is basically a mute. Um, <laughs> yes. it's like they don't trust him to say anything so they got in Sid Scala to be his assistant and Sid Scala basically goes right this is what's happening tonight we're going to have this 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 and then he goes now Johnny Saint and Johnny Saint says welcome to NXT UK <laughs> boom and then that's he's, the, just, he's just a robot he's just a guy who stands there and we go we like him because he's a nice old man he is a lovely old man but he runs Sid the Scala show. is really the effective um, general he's, manager of NXT UK. He's, he's a very effective mouthpiece as well. Um, but you can tell that Sid Scarlett has been itching to get back in the ring. Um, oh. And it's good that he is back in the ring. He was so he was so excited to be in that ring. Yeah. Watch it. It was, I, to be fair, I hadn't really been catching up with NXT UK before we'd seen the event. I'd watched highlights and seen a few bits. I wasn't 100% familiar with what the sort of story of Sid Scarlett was, but immediately fell in love with him. Yeah. Because everyone went nuts as yeah, soon as he great. came out. And I thought, um, clearly this guy's a big deal. Clearly this means something right now. Yeah. And then watching the match, the guy can go. Yeah. There were um, fantastic matches as well on the, on the main show itself. Oh, the main show like was the, insane, yeah. The tag team title match was really good. Had some like great high spots. And interestingly, do you want to know who else was at um, NXT TakeOver UK? Who TakeOver else? Cardiff UK? NXT takeover? UK TakeOver <laughs> Cardiff. Um, the writer, composer for Hamilton... 
Lin-Manuel Miranda what? was at UK TakeOver. How do you know that? Because he posted a picture, and this is the other thing, because I'm starting to think I might have seen him. Because this might be the artsiest reference we've ever made. He, on this I show. know. Um, <laughs> it's going to take Did a tumble. Did you know the writer and composer this. of Hamilton? <laughs> it's going to it's going to take a massive tumble down later oh, yeah. in the show. Um, Enjoy the class. He moment. took a picture of something on the, of of the menu from Shake Shack in Cardiff, which we went to which that we night. Were, yeah, we we went to right before we got and, to the arena. Uh, it, it, it was like a picture of of one of the items on the menu and being like, "Oh, this is interesting," and everyone just went. Oh, that's Shake Shack in Cardiff. Like, the and then someone said, tweeted, saying, oh my God, Lin Manuel Miranda's in Cardiff right now. And he went, this was like a few days after yeah. the show. And he went, nah, I'm not in there right now. Uh, I, I took this a few days ago when I went in there before I went to see hashtag NXT UK takeover Cardiff. Hell yeah. And then he posted a video which he'd taken uh, on his phone of the end of the tag team title match. And as the, the match finished, one, two, three, everyone roared. And then it's just like him putting the camera in his face and going, yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, and where from the camera angle, can you tell he where was he on, is? He was not on. He was in the opposite of hard. He was on the side the hard cam was. Oh, so he was in that stand where he there was wasn't. the main. Because like, you, you, they clear out a lot of the seating around hard cam, yeah. don't they? So when we turn to our left, there's not that many people sat there. It's kind of yeah. like an oval shape around the camera. He was on the, the left camera. hand side from us was he in like um, one of the high up seats yeah it was a higher up we had better seats than lin manuel miranda well um, turns out it doesn't pay that much no it was a bit <laughs> random that he was in cardiff but anyway incredible i didn't know he was a wrestling fan i didn't even know he was a wrestling fan yeah no that's, that's a good surprise but um i don't know maybe he's friends with the rock and he said i'm going to cardiff next week can you get can you can you get me tickets? can you get me some tickets rock went, is like, well, sure dude here's some tickets i can't get as good seats as cheap shot wrestling podcast but there's some seats yeah <laughs> damn right but um anyway so nxt uk takeover Cardiff. i mean i don't want to go into too much because we have a lot of things to talk about there's a lot to cover but it was a great show yeah. walter versus tyler bait was incredible it was about 45 50 minutes in total that match we had to work it out at the end after it finished because i thought it felt like it didn't feel that long didn't feel that long but it went for yeah 45 minutes easy it was a really really good match um my brother was watching on the network and we had to text him and say how long was that match (laughs) uh but my favorite match of the night was cesaro versus uh dragonoff i can never pronounce his name i know that dragonoff is the name of a sniper rifle that's about it you know if he ever makes a, a, a move up to Raw SmackDown, he'll be renamed just Dragonov. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll or drop just the... Drag or something. <laughs> like, but he was, again, he was someone Vince like... will go, Ilya. <laughs> no, it's spelled I-L-A-J. No, we're not going with Iliage. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to pronounce that. We no one do can. It, damn it. Um, he was someone, again, that I wasn't too familiar with. I knew I, I had seen him a couple of times. I knew he was that kind of I've seen weird him, and quite I've crazy seen him Russian on guy. NXT UK television stuff, mm. and he's intense and he's you know really good. And it was great for having a ma- great for him to have a match against Cesaro. Um, I didn't think it would be him to be honest. I thought it'd be Pete Dunne to be well, honest. That's it, Pete Dunne was backstage. He was Pete there. Dunne was there and Trent Seven. Both and Trent there. Seven, but they didn't have Pete Dunne wrestle, which I feel was a mistake. They could have had him against Cesaro, like. People were like, we want to see Pete Dunne versus Cesaro, but... But this match had other intentions. Yeah, and that match, Cesaro versus Pete Dunne, could happen in the future. Why not? Because, you know, I could see Cesaro doing NXT stuff when NXT goes two hours. Yeah, he'll pop up again. The fact that he 
just wanted to be in NXT UK was a good advert alone for the show. Yeah. Because it just shows that he do- he's not there for a story. He's not there to develop himself. He's literally just there because he wants to be there. Yeah. So him being up against Dragunov was good because we saw it as a match that was just... It elevated Dragunov in a huge way. Yeah. Even though, obviously, he comes out the loser. Mm. That match went and went. It was back and forth. They both really took each other to the limit. Yeah. I think Dragunov showed that he could really go, especially with someone like Cesaro, who has such intensity in the ring. And the fans love Cesaro. Yeah. Everyone loves Cesaro, apart from seemingly Vincent Kennedy McMahon. (laughs) That music hit and that crowd blew up. So he, he was having his match. He was doing amazing things. He was doing his... Um, disputed uh, 40 spins or whatever it was. It was definitely not 40. It was not 40. It wasn't quite 40. It was close to like 32. But it was because people were just Fans like, can't count properly with people, the... Yeah, because it's like people, you know, at what point do you start the spin and when's it end? That's it. And everyone from a different angle has a different perspective yeah. of when but it started. it was roughly 40. Roughly it was 40. almost 40, right? Yeah. But still, still incredibly impressive. Still incredibly <laughs> impressive and amazing. And then people chanting... Are you watching Vince McMahon? Oh, that was good. And Vince then, after the show, tweeted saying, "Yes, I am. Yes, I am watching. I am Cardiff. watching and <laughs> listening." And then he listened to them and said, "You know what? They love this Cesaro guy. I'm going to give this guy a push and have him go on Raw and lose." <laughs> <laughs> To the Miz, yeah, just <laughs> who the you... Miz is someone who's not exactly on a big. I mean, he's been doing slightly better re- as of late, mm. but you know, he went on a long tear after the Shane McMahon stuff of just losing all the time and not doing very well and just being a bit pathetic, floundering, and, and really floundering. floundering. He's been floundering for a while. I hope the stuff with the Intercontinental title stuff at Clash of Champions really changes that because mm. Miz deserves so much better than what he's been getting recently, but. Miz beating Cesaro after his after Cesaro had that incredible match. Oh yeah, shows Vince goes. <laughs> no, I'm not giving Cesaro a push. You got me joking. <laughs> are you watching Cardiff Wales? <laughs> <laughs> Just him in his office in, going. Are you watching? Are you watching? Are you watching Cardiff Wales? <laughs> Fuck you, Cardiff Wales. <laughs> I love the city of Cardiff. Um, it was so the, it was so much fun as well watching uh, just watching Cesaro in the rings. I've never seen him live. Yeah, I it, it's it was incredible. Yeah, I didn't expect. We were actually really much more to say about it, but <laughs> it seems incredible. We went to the loo and then we went to the we were going to go to the bar. Um, and <laughs> like the music hit, I wasn't one hundred percent sure who it was. I was like, music, I'm not too... I don't recognise that. It's only because he's changed his music a little while back. I'm listening to Sirens. That's the stupid thing. Yeah, and because it's... He got this new music after the bar ended, but because he hasn't really done anything of real note, we haven't really got used to his music It's not caught on yet. So you kind of hear this music and you go, I think I know that. It's it's a cross between... Well, it sort of sounds a bit like Chad Gable's music. Yeah, it does a bit. Um, I had to text you and just say Cesaro because I saw the Titantron. Yeah, but the thing is, you messaged me saying Cesaro, but you'd already decided, I think this is Cesaro. And you went off. Mm. You went, I can't bother to stay in this queue because we were waiting. We were at the bar, that second bar. one person on the bar. And there was like 10 people in the queue. Do you know what was... And and they were taking ages. So you went, fuck this, I'm going. I said, Dora, I'll get you your beer. You went back, you didn't realise it was Cesaro, and I just got bored and went, fuck this, I can't bother, I'm going to go back. And I r- ran back, because I thought, I think this is Cesaro. You, yeah, you Because I music. saw the green colour and went, I th- that, that is definitely Cesaro. I heard, I heard the music, and then I heard the crowd. 
Yeah, the I crowd had the crowd went reaction. mental. And, and I so thought, I that's went, I went, so I ended up running out yeah. of the queue. I went, I'm going. And they were like, yeah, fair enough, mate, the other people in the queue. And I ran, and I ran towards where you were, and you were running towards me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were like, <laughs> Cesaro, Cesaro. You were like, you came running at me, going, Cesaro. <laughs> and we're like, yes. And then we were like, get back in there, get right back in our seats. We're like, fuck that. We made the right choice. Yeah, we uh, definitely we had to did. See, I had to see him go down to the ring. Um, yeah, so... But, Cesaro is fantastic. Um, and, and, and so is Dragunov. I can't stress that Dragunov enough. Dragunov was fantastic. And he really, uh, you know, Cesaro put him over. Made and, Dragunov look a million dollars. Yeah, know? and they had the thing at the end where it looks like Cesaro's going to turn on him. But stops. Shakes his Shakes hand. his hand and just raises his hand. And you know, yes. Yeah. That's what we want to see in NXT. Yeah. I want to see that sort of thing, that respect. Um, we're now going to move on from NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff and move on mm. to NXT. Oh yeah, the so NXT. Now, yeah, we're shifting from NXT to NXT, but yeah, NXT is going to move on to the, the next logical step after talking about Takeover <laughs> is to talk about NXT because it's now going to be two hours on the USA Network. I believe it's going to be live. It is live. Yeah, they're not calling it NXT live, and it's though, going up good. against AEW. Yeah, Wednesday on TNT. It's it's the Wednesday, Wednesday night, night wars. Wars, yes. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think NXT can probably do better than them. I think they will. Yeah, because they've got storylines that people are already heavily invested in. Yeah, they've but, got characters people are already heavily invested in, and they've got a wealth of talent. And and the thing is, that's not to say that AEW doesn't have a wealth of talent. It does have some really. It just hasn't got. But it hasn't got. But the it hasn't got lineage. It hasn't got anything really built in stone yet. No, I think the because when people compare it to the Monday Night Wars. The difference is that WCW, although was relatively a new company in comparison to WWF at the time, you know, World Championship Wrestling had been on TV for like, I mean, by the time... It had been on TV since the mid-80s, I think, because it spawned from the it was, NWA. It was... It was world-class championship No, it was later wrestling. than that. I'm pretty sure it was like late 80s anyway. I don't know. Mm. Point is, it wasn't, you know... 50 years of sports entertainment you no. know, it wasn't the wwf you know um and but the difference is it was affiliated with the nwa yeah and it had the nwa world heavyweight championship which is the big gold belt yeah. that's where that came from if aew had the nwa world title if it was associated in some way with the nwa then you could have that element to it because that type that's the original world belt that's, yes. that's the original professional wrestling world championship yeah so i think and they obviously cody won it back mm. in the day when he won it off nick aldis and then eventually lost it back to nick aldis and nick aldis is still going with it it is that you have that established lineage yeah. of like there this belt's had many many champions and has I, a lot of history because what do we have we have the nxt championship the nxt let's say world championship of the nxt yeah right that title is not, you know, one which has a long lineage, but it has a pretty bloody good lineage. It's got a, it's know, got a back catalogue of heavy got, champions. It's got champions that go back as far as 2012. So seven years. And it's got mm. seven years and champions that include Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Samoa Joe. Shinsuke Nakamura. Alistair Black. Bo Dallas. Bo yeah. Dallas's run with the NXT title was great. It's actually the, one of the most memorable. Um, Neville. Yeah, Neville, Neville won, won it. The NXT title, um, yeah. If you mentioned Finn Balor, uh, yeah, Finn Balor had it. Um, I'm trying to think, who Adam Cole, 
baby. Adam Cole is, oh, do you know what, what Tommaso Ciampa? Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. All champions that you think this is what this, this, these, this belt has made champions. Yeah, so it's a legit title which has a legit, Lin- some lineage and mm. it's got some competition and then in it the same with the women's title you know having like Paige and Oscar and people like that and yeah you know it's it's, a, it's prestige that's it's the prestige. word I'm trying to use. yeah and I just think WWE have a better foundation to start with now of course mm. that's because it is a company that has existed for what 70 years or whatever <laughs> they've got a running head start you know and so an AEW is new and it's gonna be hard for any new company but I think the AEW it's hard to really judge what AEW is going to be like until they actually start doing Cause, television. Exactly, because it's only running on buzz. Because at the it's moment, it's just buzz at the moment. At the moment, it's just buzz. It's YouTube videos of the you know being the elite and all that sort of stuff. And Press conferences, yeah, teaser trailers, and then, um, obviously a few pay per views. And then when you get had. to the pay per views, the pay per views are match, match, match. You know, there might be a little, maybe a. a, a, a video package beforehand yeah but it's just match 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 and it'll be interesting to see what happens when we have a situation where you have the start of an aew show on a wednesday night and you have i don't know hangman page comes to the ring and cuts a promo mm. and then has a back and forth with someone and they leave or there's a contract signing or there's you know an in-ring interview or a backstage interview or like how's that gonna work you know all those kind of things and like yeah. promo stuff and you think about like what are the best moments in wwf history you know a certain amount of them are wrestling matches but, but I, a certain amount of them are also like amazing just moments on raw and stuff like memorable segments memorable like promos austin with the beer truck or you know Cut angle with the milk truck <laughs> or the milk truck yeah. or like uh mankind and the rock doing this is your life yeah, oh, the highest yeah. rated segment in raw history you know and it's like moments like that that aren't wrestling they're just like promo stuff they're mm. character building stuff and then that's one of the problems AEW has at the moment is that you kind of look at it and go cool i can see that adam uh adam page is a good wrestler but to me he's a bit boring but that's because i don't know anything about him no i'll be honest i adam and page his music for me, is a bit dull adam page for me has got very little depth character wise there's not too much going on behind what you see. I mean, I just have to wonder, why is Kenny Omega not the AEW World Champion? I know. A lot of people have said like, this. Genuinely, like, just makes no sense to me. There what? was a big thing about him actually joining AEW because people were like, he might actually just go to WWE. He's there. He's He was arguably their biggest signing. Yeah, he was their and biggest signing. And and then it was the whole thing of like Alpha Omega back in, in New Japan. So you'd think that maybe the first match for the AEW title would be between Jericho and Omega again. It would be like Alpha Omega 2 or 3 or whatever it is at this point. To get the buzz going. To get the buzz going and have a big, big main event for the world title. And then mm. have Kenny Omega as the, the babyface win it. And then have Moxley turn up. You know, it's kind of those things. It's it's it feels like they're just going, "Hey, have a look at this. Have a look at this. Have a look at this. Have a look so at this." Are you saying and that actually building? Anything. Yeah, there's no build. There's no there's no um, structure. It's just flash, 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 flash. Yeah. And then it's oh, we've got a weekly TV show coming up, and it's like, but you haven't really got any sort of established story at the moment. Yeah. There's no real overarching story but I think as well if they're given the time and they're given the space to be able to grow and actually yeah. to adapt because one of the things that people were saying is that oh, okay well AEW is aimed at an older audience mm. but one of the things they'll realize once they're actually in business of doing a weekly television show is that most of the money 
does come from parents and kids who merchandise. enjoy merchandise merchandise is a big seller they're a big s- shift at a certain point gonna actually have to say well we need to be a bit more family friendly there's a reason why wwe haven't been doing blood and gut stuff for years because they realized at a certain point they can make a ton of money just out of advertising john cena t-shirts to kids yeah. and they did make a ton of money out of that and that's why the pg era lasted so long yeah and we can you know, talk about whether it was good era for wrestling or not. Probably mm. wasn't. But they're running a business and they want to try and compete with WWE. Uh, yeah. There's Aim also... for an older audience, sure. But you got to bear in mind their kids are going to be watching. And, you know, you can't have... You can't alienate... You can't alienate, alienate parents yeah, who are the... allowing their children to watch it. If you make it feel uncomfortable for parents having their kids watching it, mm. you're just going to have a bunch of sweaty, fat nerds <laughs> watching AEW Us. in their <laughs> 20s. Yeah. We're not two of those things. We are nerds, though. <laughs> we, we watch it and it is enjoyable. But, the, yeah, like you say, the people that are buying the merchandise and investing their time the most are kids. I think AEW is going to change. It's going to, has to evolve. They're going to realize the limitations of what mm. they can and can't do on a television show and how that translates to, t- uh, to pay-per-view. Yes. And they're going to have to say, okay, well, Kenny Omega, he's, you know, got a big flashy character, which we can market really well. So he's going to be world champion. The kids he, will love Kenny he w- Omega. He would have been their prestige, their yes. lineage. He has a history of... Uh, like five star, six star, seven star matches, mm. things like that that get buzzed. People mm. know about him. People know people who know people who didn't watch New Japan know about him. Mm. And yeah, it seems like they're just going, well, he is there. Mm. It's like great, yeah, he's there, but put him somewhere well, where I can see him more often. Also, for a company that was touting themselves as being a company that was really going to invest in tag team wrestling. It surprises me they still haven't got a tag team title. None, none of it, is they still got. They're still doing stuff where they've got the Young Bucks competing for or defending their AAA tag team championship. I know. And, and I'm and like, okay, cool. You, I would actually, I think it's a good thing to actually have mm. some involvement of other companies because as we were saying before about prestige and, you know, that sort of stuff. Having other companies which do have this prestige uh, validates you. Yeah, working relationships are a good thing to have for companies that... I know the WWE doesn't do this often, mm. but they have. They've worked with New Japan. They even yeah. had uh, Yushin Thunder Liger appear at NXT. And he yeah. took on Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Amazing match. It's little working relationships like that where you... it's They don't want to burn too many bridges by no. trying to stand out too much. Because it does feel like, this is just my opinion, it feels like at the moment it is a lot of patting themselves on the back and essentially just sort of using the show to drive themselves. Yeah. Like we're seeing Jericho, who's heavily invested and heavily, um, has like quite strong relationships with Tony Khan and yeah. and Cody and the Young I, Bucks. I, I don't... And like I'm seeing a lot of that. I What I yeah. want to see is young people, and I was saying to you before we started this, that having Adam Page win the championship would have been good. And it sounded like the build-up was going to be that they were... They'd even talked about this. They were going to build the company around him because mm. they were like, he's our lead guy. He's young. He's talented. Like we were saying, a little and bit yet, thin, a little bit two-dimensional. And yet Chris Jericho is world champion. Yeah. I don't understand the idea of Jericho being world champion. It doesn't make any sense because he's an old-timer. 
Jericho said himself said it about WCW yeah about saying oh it was ridiculous that they were investing all this time and effort in Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and you know Warrior and people like that who come along for they were trying too much to try and get that stuff WWE guys over when they should have just invested their time in WCW guys talent this wealth of talent of uh, people like Jericho and Eddie and Chris Benoit and all these people who could have been big stars for them at the time and yet they were like, nah, we're going to kind of still do stuff with Nash and Hall and Lex Luger and people like that. And you just go, Yeah, we're going to pay Hogan cares? way too much money. We're going to pay, like, Ultimate Warrior too much money yeah. for a very bad run. Bret Hart, even. Bret Hart and Macho Man and people like that. And, you just go, um, God, like, and, and Jericho said it at the time. He said, you know, they were relying too much on older guys. And now... He's become exactly what he hates. He's yeah, become he's the, guy, the older guy who's, who's holding down younger talent. He's holding on to his position too long. He doesn't know when to stop. No, yeah. And now that he's got the championship, he now feels a bit... Because we were talking about this. It was slightly unrelated, but it's that similar sort of uh, mindset where he doesn't quite understand that Fozzie is so popular because he was very popular as yeah. a wrestler. He still wants to have that. No, we're good. We're popular as a band mm. because people like us as a band. And it's like, but I think partly, yes, something mostly that, because you're Chris Jericho. But something that really says it all about Jericho is the stories since he's become world champion. Uh, the, the, well, there's the first thing, I mean, we're not going to be able to get around this. It's the, the little bit of the bubbly. That's oh, my favorite. Thing um, I've been annoying Matt with different versions of it. You have been, but um, for me, it's now I've had my moment. <laughs> I feel like, um, we, we, we have to talk about it somewhat here now. Um, only just in in passing mm. uh, because the meme will be dead by the time we next do a podcast probably by the time this is uploaded I think it's already dead to be it's honest it's dying it's dying um, it's been done now like it's been done <laughs> you've been done to death yeah um, there are some great ones out there but the though. other thing what I wanted to say about you know there are some really great ones of those there's Fantastic Mambo number ones. 5 there's the Brock Lesnar theme Brock Lesnar theme the Roman Reigns theme I thought was great <laughs> it's really good um, some really funny it's, ones do you know what it's as soon as the lazy we were talking about this too as soon as the lazy ones start coming out yeah then you realise, oh, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead when they just have they Low just effort. crowbar in a thing that does that into a song, and it doesn't have the right tempo to the song, and you're like, you've just cut paste and put it in there. It's the it's the one I was telling you about, which is the as soon as I saw a clip of a SpongeBob episode, and then just a little bit of the bubbly at the end, I went, it's dead. Yeah, that's it. Very low effort. Um, but what I was going to say about Jericho, what sums Jericho up, mm-hmm. is the fact that. You know, this story about the AEW tile getting stolen from him. But it's not just that it got stolen, because, I mean, it could happen to anyone. Someone could have something stolen from them. Anyone can have anything stolen from them. Mm. But it's when you find out the details. Like, he was in a limousine. He was going to an Outback Steakhouse. steakhouse, And he had the limousine parked outside some steakhouse in Tallahassee. And he and and sends his limo driver to go and get his bag because he left his bag at the airport. Well, this was the thing. And he then had... the limousine comes back with his bag, but no title belt. And then you just think, a, you're not like I know there's this thing about living the character, living kayfabe, but going to a fucking steakhouse in a limousine. I mean, really, mate. He's you're, he's, you're... he's old fuddy duddy rock star, isn't he? Yeah, he thinks he has to go everywhere in a limo. I mean, Christ, mate. Get an Uber. 
Nobbed. Get a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just rent a car. Rent a car. <laughs> Drive places. That's what you do in it, you know. Do you know that's the thing is that's Tony Khan though. Tony Khan footing the bill for a limo. He's oh like, well, yeah, why we'll not? pay you f- to have a limo everywhere you go. Like yeah, man, I'll have a limo. I'll be a real rock star then. Well, <laughs> if this is the case though, just as a brief side note, because I do want to keep talking about the Chris Jericho incident of losing the championship. As a brief side note, I worry that that's where those sort of guys are going to sort of start. They're going to start developing that ego. Right. Of, oh, yeah. I can travel around a limo. So like if we're everywhere. looking back at WCW, WCW, one of the main problems that like Russo had when he came in mm. was that he went right. I want to invest in all these young guys. We have all this wealth of talent of young people, uh, young wrestlers that we want to get over. And you know, there was the rumor that he apparently wanted to fire anyone over the age of forty, which you know, God, it sounds very Russo. It sounds very Russo, but actually, when you look at the the the, the the roster at the time, you think, yeah, that's what it needed. It's like the idea. It's ruthless, but it was needed. It's, it's very Russo because it's it's a stupid idea, but the intention is clever. It's clever and it makes sense. The intention is forward thinking, but the actual practice but of trying practice, to fire people over 40 is so dumb. It's so dumb. But, you know, uh, and it's not about saying that people over 40 have nothing to offer. They absolutely did at the time. They had things like Hogan and Goldberg. Well, I know Goldberg wasn't over 40, but... Mm. Hogan and like Dusty. Macho Man and Dusty and people like they had stuff and Ric Flair they had stuff to offer mm. um, but it was about using them correctly but the point is is that the one of the problems he had as well was this you know the contracts they were under yeah the contracts that Hogan had was basically I can do what the fuck I want you know um, same as National Hall they just had pardon me they had complete control over their own development as characters yeah. they could do what they liked kevin nash even had to run as a booker yeah it was like um larry zabisco in uh being interviewed for the monday night wars documentary mm. talking about this stuff he was saying like hogan's contract was basically i tell you when i want to wrestle i yeah. tell you where i want to wrestle i tell you when to go to hell you know? yeah <laughs> like, see, and it's, it's basically that and you go you can't run a business if the inmates are running the asylum. It's dangerous. And it's, it's very dangerous. And when you start going, hey, we can offer you an amazing contract and you don't have to work as many dates mm. and all this sort of stuff. But WCW did the exact same thing. You don't have to work as many dates. We're going to pay you more money. We'll give you creative control. We do all this stuff. And then down the line, they start increasing they house start, shows and they well, start doing thunder and they start doing all these kind of things. And you go... They're doing just the same schedule as they were doing before and they have creative control and can tell them to go fuck themselves. How long is it until we see perhaps an AEW talent, none, none, like no specific talent whatsoever, but how long do you reckon it'll be until someone is given a contract where they sort of, you know, they have full creative control, they can develop their own character, they can choose what storylines they want to be involved in. How long until one of them pushes it too far? And just I gets... don't think, honestly, I would hope that Cody and people like that have better business sense than yes. to do stuff like that in Hopefully. the first place. I would feel you like know, someone who is Dusty's son knows that that's a stupid thing and to start like, doing. I think Eric Bischoff has learned a lot since doing that stuff. Yes. And so like when he's going to be in charge of SmackDown, I think well, he is in charge of SmackDown. He's SmackDown, yeah. You know, Heyman's Raw, that's because we no, talked I know, about this last time. Yeah. In, has he started that job yet or not? I mean, I, I think, think he so. has, but yeah. you know. He's hired people. I think the most, I think he's probably investing a lot of his time and energy into developing stuff that's going to be for the new Friday Night SmackDown and less important for what's actually going on SmackDown yeah. week to week. He'll be moment. taking on the Fox show. Um, but anyway, 
I think he's learned a lot from that time, and I would hope Cody and people have learned as well. Um, this is the issue, though. The Young Bucks haven't. They have yeah. not lived really through that sort of thing. They've just no, but they I mean, thrived they all on the know, Indies. But yeah, but they know the stories. I mean, Cody was in the Monday Night Wars documentary talking about that's that it, stuff, yeah, which is really bizarre watching it because it was made in 2013. You've got Moxley, you've got Jr. talking about how no one can beat WWE or compete with WWE. It was fantastic. <laughs> and now got, here he is trying got, his best. <laughs> you got Cody saying, "My dad was trying his hardest, but WCW was a ridiculous organization." <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, fair enough. But um, it's it's quite funny to see some of these people in yeah. AEW now. Um, well, do, do you know what's good? I think what. Sorry, you can you finish? You finish. Well, no, it? I was going to say is I think they do know what took WCW down, and as much as they like to think, oh, we're not WCW, we're not anything like WCW. They are. They are trying to compete with WWE. When people say there's no Wednesday Night War, there is a Wednesday Night War. Yeah, You've got two it's... competing wrestling shows happening at the same time. It's a war. Yeah. Right? Vince knows these wars. There's this, the decision has been made. Yeah. And if, if they genuinely don't think there's a war, WWE will win said war. Yes. You know, if because if, Vince doesn't take shit like that. He's not going to say, oh, yeah, it's not a war. Uh, He's going to be like, well, fuck it. We're going to put all our big stars on that show then, aren't we? It, there's also, there's two examples that AEW need to learn from that too, is from the, the two separate Monday Night Wars. Obviously, everyone forgets about the very short-lived Impact Wrestling Monday, Monday Night, Night War. War. Um, we're moving back to Thursday nights, <laughs> like three weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid. Like, there's two things that you should learn is when doing a show, don't focus on what the other show is doing. Mm. Focus on what you're doing. Yeah. So don't make it constant references to the, how the, how badly the other show looks or how badly the other show's well, doing. It's also just references in general. It's like yeah, code, it's like little things that worry me about AEW. One of them is Cody coming out at double or nothing, I think it was. Smashing the throne. Smashing up the throne, yeah. which is clearly a dig at Triple H. It's got his huge Triple H cross on it. It's, you think, it's, like, you think, oh, it's yeah. the Iron Cross symbol that he uses on everything. And you're like, it's just a, 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 a dig at Triple H. And you're like, yeah, we get it. You're trying to like sta- uh, smash up the establishment, and you know that's what I mean. It's how very, right on of you? you it's know? all it's all patting themselves on the back. Yeah, it is. It's what I'm getting so far. I know what's what I can say is it's very exciting to be a wrestling fan right now because looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with yeah. a weekly show. I just don't want it to be I a mean, constant bashing of WWE or sort of like, you mm. know, a little like it's TNA did it a lot where they were sort of like, oh, you know, the other company. Just yeah. like stop it with that crap. I mean, it, how long do you think it will be before on an episode of AEW on TNT you have, you know, the Usos coming out and going, <laughs> you know who we are, but you don't know why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it is exciting and mm. to think that like two years ago we were doing podcasts and talking about how we were like oh randy orton won the royal rumble yay like yeah that's dull and and it was a lot of just like treading water they were just doing shows that were pretty mediocre and i was questioning why i was even watching wrestling because we were and we were it's, it we were talking in a time when they had no legitimate competition yes and, and now they actually do, and yeah. they, and they've it's forced them to. Uh, it scared them at least a decision, to try like, and you know up their game a bit. You know it's competition. You know that WWE are considering it competition when a huge decision is made to put NXT live two hours on a Wednesday yeah. on USA. Yeah, it's, they didn't need it, to do that, but they did. And it's a clear reflection of what's been announced that yes. TNT will be airing on a Wednesday night AEW. So. 
it's there's definitely there's eyes on both there's eyes from one company to the yeah. other They're looking at each other at the moment question is where will nxt be filmed for their will it for the, i mean i, I was thinking that will i it be on the road? don't know like because we talked about this ages and ages ago we were talking about how to make 205 live better and we were saying wouldn't it be good if they filmed 205 Live at full sale... Just had that as did, 205 Live's home. And did NXT, followed by 205 Live, both of them be live yeah. from full sale. And that would be amazing. Yeah, 100%. And so now I'm thinking... Well, or, even, or even tape 205... No, actually no, do 205 Live live. Yeah. And then if you want to tape NXT or a few episodes yeah. after the fact. But yeah, doing it from full sale made so much sense. I mean, sense. maybe they do it from... They do it on the on the road, but then that means taking that's more cost. an entire roster of people on the road that aren't currently that's, on the road. With that's them. three active rosters touring, and you and the whole idea of NXT is that it's newer talent. So you know it might be talent who haven't been in America for very long. It's you true. know they might have come from Japan or England well, or wherever. They do a lot of global scouting. Yeah, so yeah. it would make more sense to be in Florida still. Ground, ground though, but maybe yeah. they'll. They'll find a venue in Florida that's not full sale, that's slightly bigger, that they want to do it from, just because it needs to look visibly different and needs to look visibly more impressive because they're doing a two-hour show. They can't just do what they're doing at the moment for two hours. No, and also the cost of doing a two-hour show, you probably want to put more people in the arena. Yeah, you want to. You want to sell more tickets. You want to sell more tickets because it's going to cost you more money. But then they're going to make more. They're going to make a load of money out of advertising, which. Because like, currently NXT runs on a loss because they don't make any money out of advertising. So we, what I saw as well, talking of... Um, because the first hour is being broadcast on the U- on USA. Or is it... Or is it Because the first hour is being broadcast on the network. And then is it the I second... I genuinely have no idea about so, this stuff. Oh, so the first show, this is what I've seen advertised. I, I just assumed it was two hours on USA. I didn't no. realise anything was... I didn't know what they were doing about the network. I think they're doing... This is an odd term to bring back, but they're doing a simulcast, I think, where... Mm. The WWE Network will air the first hour, and then the second hour will be on the USA Network. But I don't know whether that's simultaneously, as in the USA Network will show the full two hours. I mean, honestly, I don't know what what they're doing about it over here because at the moment, I don't the know UK, what we'll have. Yeah, in the UK, we get the network. We get it on the network. We get the network now. Um, BT Sports are taking over um, WWE's broadcasting in the UK from January from 2020, and yeah. people. I saw on Twitter someone had messaged BT Sport after the announcement of NXT UK on USA. Uh, no, sorry, NXT on USA. Sorry, yeah. I said NXT UK. Um, <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of NXT UK on the USA network. <laughs> um, but no, the, someone had messaged BT saying, look, so is NXT now going to be shown on BT Sport from from uh, January? Like, you know, the two-hour live USA show is going to be on BT Sport. Now, I think it probably might end up that way. Could do. But BT basically responded to this person saying, our contract is to show Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views. That's what we're showing. Which also I'm very excited about. Which is, I mean, it's great. Cause yeah, we've uh, talked Sky, about it before, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sky is, I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk about Sky. <laughs> no. Well, so we've talked but about a previous podcast where it's, BT is just more accessible to a lot BT of people. BT is more accessible to a lot of people, yeah, yeah. And, and so it is good. But anyway, um, I think they probably will end up doing that. Yeah. Um, NXT will... used to be shown on Sky. Like before, yeah, it did. Before it was actually... A, before like the a, network launched. And before it was rebranded. Before it was... Uh, I don't know, it was... 
Because I think it was still like a reality show. No, do you know thing. what it was? It's when the network launched in the US. Oh, okay. They were showing NXT on the network. But before the network launched, NXT had been rebranded into what it was. But oh, it was yeah. shown on like Hulu or something in America. I think you're And then right. it yeah, was shown right. on Sky over here. And then we didn't get the network until like a year after the Americans did or that's best part of the year. That's right. And, and during that time, exclusive. we were still showing NXT on, on Sky Sports. Sky Sports. And so now, and then when it went onto the network, I think Sky just went, well, there's no point us wasting an hour of our schedule for this. <laughs> no. Especially when WWE were advertising it as an exclusive show. Yeah. So Sky will just... And people always say... That this, still, this question still gets brought up as to why they don't just put Raw and SmackDown on the network. It's because they're paid hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. to be broadcast on national television. Mm. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll move on now because we've got other things to talk about. But NXT, mm. uh, NXT on, on the USA, USA network is going to be interesting to see. And I'm sure we will have more conversations about the Wednesday night war. Well, that's it. We're maybe when we, maybe once it's got started, we'll start doing a. Uh, let's see how the viewing figures are comparing. Yeah, let's you see. Know, we'll do like a war. NXT, we'll do like... NXT got a 3.1 and, <laughs> and AEW got a 2.9. Oh, they're going to need to push that numbers up. We'll do a Wednesday Night War like update. I, I have to say, though, if NXT and AEW are getting 3.0s, be fucking incredible yeah <laughs> like raw doesn't get 3.0 so yeah, usa would just be like how is this debuting show getting a three um anyway so we'll move on now from nxt because we've talked mm. a lot about nxt and nxt uk we're going to move on to main roster stuff now yeah here we go um I, I just briefly want to talk about the king of the ring tournament yes the king of the ring tournament has been fantastic um bar one or two things one of them being Shane McMahon doing a a really really fast count to get Kevin Owens out of the tournament. I know I don't like shenanigans when it comes to um, tournaments. And things I, like I that. don't like it, and like, but then Elias is now out of the competition anyway. I think. Yeah, he is. Is he? I'm gonna actually journey. I'm gonna look this up. Isn't he out injured? Because he's on the SmackDown side, isn't he? Yeah. Um, then people are saying that Shane's gonna take his spot. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... Because someone suggested it on Reddit. And immediately my first thought was, oh, for fuck's sake, why did you put that thought in my head? Because now that's going to happen. So the brackets we had, we had Samoa Joe... Um, so this is from the start. From the start. Yeah. Samoa Joe tapped out Cesaro in exactly 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, Ricochet pinned Drew McIntyre in a fantastic match. It was a great match. Um, Cedric Alexander pinned Sami Zayn. A lot of these matches, by the way, I'm happy with either one going through. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Uh, Baron Corbin pinned The Miz in 10 minutes. That was annoying. No, that's the thing. So Elias beat Kevin Owens. And they 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 went for 13 and a half minutes. And at the end of it, it was Shane McMahon coming and going, one, two, three. And it just, I hate that kind of crap. Yeah, it's crap. I mean, I didn't think Kevin Owens would get very far anyway, but. To I, do it that way just seems like if do an interference, sure. Do mm. a thing where Shane costs Kevin Owens the match, sure. That makes perfect sense in the whole basis of the storylines and stuff. But the actual pin needs to be a proper pin. A fast count's just just cheap. doing a silly fast count is like no. 
Um, Ali versus Buddy Murphy. Ali beat him in 11 minutes. It was a good match as well. It was a good match. Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin. Probably the weakest of the... It was definitely stuff. the weakest of the bunch. Um, and Andrade beat Apollo Crews. Um, to an okay match. To an okay match. Yeah. Uh, but then we had the quarterfinals where Samoa Joe and Ricochet went to a draw. Now, I can understand why this happened because mm. they didn't want either of them actually to lose to each other. And also, I think they thought those two deserve to face each other in Madison Square Garden and they hadn't really thought about it beforehand. Mm. So actually having him go up against Baron Corbin, who had a very good match against Cedric Alexander, it was actually one of Baron Corbin's best matches of late Yeah, against Cedric no, Alexander. I, I happily agree with you there. And... Yeah. News about Baron Corbin. He doesn't wear a dinner jacket anymore or whatever it was. The 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 vest. He doesn't look like he works at Applebee's anymore. What does he wear now? He wears he still wears sort of suit trousers kind of thing. You know, those kind of wrestler suit trousers. It's where, yeah, it's when we saw talking of going back um, to NXT UK takeover when you see Sid Skylar come out in the wrestling like wrestling suit trousers. shoes. Suit shoes, yeah. <laughs> but like um, you know, he still wrestles Baron Corbin still wrestles in the trousers, but he wears like a, a black vest now. Oh, okay. Instead of a shirt and a vest and a like a suit vest. I feel like his yeah, his attire just had far too many buttons. It had too many <laughs> he was wearing a suit when he was wrestling on a major pay per view. Now what the hell are you wearing that for? Anyway, it annoyed me every week and I every tweeted about it a lot and then it changed and I was like, Hallelujah. No we're luck. moving towards him actually wearing proper wrestling gear. It's one thing me and Matt agree on a lot <laughs> when it comes to that, because I am a weird fan of football kits and things yeah. like that. So wrestling gear, like bad wrestling gear, pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, it pisses me off. It pisses you off as well, which I'm happy about. Yeah. On the SmackDown side, Elias beat Ali, and Chad Gable beat Andrade, which I that really surprised me. He was. So, but the thing is, seeing Chad Gable's reaction at the end of that match, yeah. it was legit. It felt like he was really quite chuffed that he'd done that. But what's interesting? So now we have. Uh, Raw is obviously winning the King of the Ring. I mean, there's no doubt about this. Obviously. So we have a, uh, the semi-finals, which are this week on on uh, WWE television from Madison Square Garden on Raw and SmackDown this week. Yep. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's already happened. Um, unless you're what? Well, no, it will have happened. At least Raw would have happened. Cause it's going to go up Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> um, Samoa Joe versus Ricochet versus Baron Corbin triple threat. And then on the SmackDown side, you've got Elias versus Chad Gable. I mean, the Raw match is the final, isn't yeah, it? 100%. I mean, 100%. If Elias wins King of the Ring, fucking hell. It's what, these, what a waste of time well, this whole competition has been if Elias fucking wins it. Well, it's when you have a winner like that and you just go, we've just, what was the point of bringing back the tournament? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the whole point of it seems to be that it's a workhorse tournament. Mm. You know, it's not about people who are at the top or whatever it's like solid mid carders who are pushing towards the main event who are technically brilliant in the ring and put on you know can put on five star matches you're describing stuff. chad gable yeah right now. putting yeah but that's like chad gable but chad mm. gable doesn't really isn't pushing the main event he's not a win he's not a winner but this tournament. for me it's ricochet oh because he's been king ricochet it, it to me it's just like it's almost as if i'm thinking did Ricochet suggest King of the Ring because he wanted to do the King Ricochet gimmick? And they can do it. They can actually get away with doing it because they've called their previous winners like King Booker. Yeah. King Regal. Yeah. 
And it's he can get away with using the king ricochet. I don't know. He probably owns that anyway. But. And he's a cool looking king. He's not like where he's not like King Barrett, where it's like where's the silly hat and the red cape and all the rest of it. It's like King Ricochet wears that like Game of Thrones style robe, like, like black kind of leather thing, and yeah. then the, the kind of cool crown on his head. It looks cool. There you go. And he still does all his flippy stuff. Even in the crown, it looks amazing. He hasn't got to be. I'm, what I'm hoping as well is at the end of this, there is a trophy. Um, I don't know if there is. I don't think there is, but no. there's there's the there's the throne and the scepter and the hat and the the gown thing. Do you remember the King of the Ring trophy? Yeah, the huge one, the, the massive the one. Edge walked around. It looked with, like yeah. the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the hockey one. It, it was huge. I loved it because it just it looks because granted they're calling it the King of the Ring. And I always thought in modern times, it's a bit goofy to put a robe and a crown on yeah. someone. <laughs> it's not like you win the World Cup and they go, right, here's your here's your cap and gown. Well, yes. Well done. Yeah. It's like, I feel like that trophy added something. So maybe, and the thing is, Triple H loves a good trophy. He does. I was thinking maybe they'll do that, but probably not. But anyway, so that's King Ring. It's been a really good tournament and hopefully Ricochet comes out the winner. Mm. Um, I w- actually wouldn't be annoyed if it was... Imagine a Ricochet-Chad Gable final. Oh, that would be amazing, but I yeah. don't think it will be. I think it'll be an Elias Ricochet. It'll be final. Elias Ricochet, in my opinion. But yeah. I think if I think it has to be a heel versus a face, so it's either going to be Elias versus Ricochet, or Corbin. Or versus... It's going to be yeah, probably Corbin. Corbin versus Gable. Corbin versus Gable, and then Corbin will win. And Corbin wins. Yeah. If that is, I will say it now. If that's the final, if it's Corbin versus Gable. Corbin's won. Yeah, he's gonna win. He's that's. I don't see either of this. I don't see this Chad Gable or Elias winning this tournament. No, the SmackDown side has been lackluster. What you could in have this tournament, it has to be said. I mean, Andrade's fantastic, and the uh, and uh, you know Chad Gable is technically very good, but mm. I don't know what you want from Chad Gable and Elias in this situation is to give you a good final. They're not the winner, really. They're more just the. They're the good worker. Yeah. That you can have someone go up against. So if you have a Ricochet versus Chad Gable final, yeah. you know you're going to see some great stuff from both. Yeah. But then you have Ricochet come out on top because obviously he's the guy that you want to push. Yes. But you have him against someone like Chad Gable who's reliable. Also, the other thing about Ricochet as well should be noted. Apparently, Paul Heyman's really high on Ricochet. Thank God. Um, Thank no God No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> But thank God for that. Yeah. That's relieving. Like, That's relieving Paul to Paul Heyman really likes Ricochet and wants to push Ricochet. And I think Rick, and you probably find that Heyman had spoken with Ricochet and said, look, I, you know, I think we would like to do some more stuff with you. Maybe we need to freshen up your character a little bit, make you something. And he went, hey, what about King of the Ring? And then Heyman's like, that sounds amazing. Let's yeah. do King of the Ring. It's something you can win. And it's it, something believable. And it's something that you can have going week on week yeah. that can be like four weeks of television and you've got a storyline that goes through all the way through that people aren't going to get bored by, has original matches each time and can be really good. 100%. And so I think it's... And so that's why I think Ricochet's going to win because I think the whole tournament has been designed around like pushing Ricochet. Catered he for Ricochet. Drew McIntyre. First round as and well. basically almost beat Samoa Joe. You know, and so you go, and then you think, he can he beat Corbin? Of course he can beat Corbin. Yeah. But people would have looked at that and gone, well, obviously Ricochet's winning this tournament now. I don't care. But make it a triple threat. Samoa Joe 
adds legitimate threat into whether Ricochet makes the final. Yeah. Then Ricochet makes the final. Then we're at pay-per-view. It doesn't matter anymore now. Well, and Ricochet's going to win. It's going to be coronated. And it's going to be amazing. Oh, I hope that's the case. I think they realized how weak of a semi-final it would be if it was Ricochet versus Corbin and Elias versus Chad Gable. You need to have Samoa Joe in there to really make it seem... Like, oh, who could it be? A legitimate kind of like... I don't know who's going to win this. Yeah, because if you if you don't have him in there, you kind of have one beacon, which is just, well, it's going to be Ricochet then. Yeah. And if it's not, it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. So you throw in Samoa Joe and you think, well, if Samoa Joe took it, it's not ideal, but I'm not unhappy with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> he'd still be a great champion or a great king of the ring. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be Ricochet. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, right. Now we'll move on to... Um, so we've got a few things I've gotten written down here and I'm not really sure where to go next, but I think we'll briefly talk about The Fiend. We'll talk about The Fiend. Oh, yeah. Something we haven't talked about yet. Um, we obviously talked about, uh, you know, the Firefly Funhouse in previous... Oh, and how much it's been killing it. Cool. But obviously, since we last did a podcast, The Fiend has actually made his in-ring debut and what an entrance at SummerSlam. That was, was incredible. It was just cool to see. Yeah. I think um, it was it was a long time coming. I'm glad it wasn't just a complete disappointment. And it was I, against Finn and Finn's always going to make him look amazing. I, there's, do you know what, as well, even during his entrance, there's more theories coming out about the yeah. Firefly, like Firefly Funhouse and it's the lantern that's Bray's head and yeah. they're saying that, well, they're like, well, the lantern is basically representative of the Firefly Funhouse because it's inside Bray's head. Right. And, was, and people are talking, there's loads of these different things thrown up, but that's why I like the character so much because there's so much interest in it that yeah. fans are like, but what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And yeah. when Bray alluded to the fact that he had made references to this character years before in promos, mm. and then people actually found these promos and went, he's not fucking around. These, these are yeah. references to The Fiend. And you go how the fuck has he come up with this? Yeah. This long-running, like, five-year story. I know. But it's also, I love the, the obviously, you've got the characters in the Firefly Funhouse. You've got Huskus the Pig, which is Husky Harris. Husky Harris. And because he was told he was too fat and he needed to lose weight, you know. And so <laughs> yeah, they called him Husky. And they called him Husky. Um, <laughs> and then you've got um, uh, Mercy the Buzzard, which is... Wayland Mercy, which is the character Bray Wyatt's essentially based off, ripped off. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Sister Abigail, Abby, or whatever, the witch or whatever. Um, witch. And then you've got Rambling Rabbit, which is about the fact that people just, his promos, basically. That's a visual metaphor for his promos. Yeah. He just would stand there and ramble and just talk shit and not really make any sense. Turns out, though. He made a shitload of sense. Well, apparently he was he was making some sense, or maybe that's he went what's back. Crazy and, about it. I mean, it might just be he went back and looked at his old promos and went, "Oh, that's a really interesting." He mentioned something really relating to a fiend, and he went, oh, "That's such a cool name for a character." I saw a meme about because um, the fiend is purely Bray Wyatt's idea. Yeah, and I saw a few memes about how like I mean uh, the Vince character. Sorry, the other thing. Oh, the, the Vince, Vince character, character as well. The Vince character is great, although they started selling. The puppets on www.shop.com, but the Vince one is not the Vince one. It's like some weird. Oh, even the fiend masks are saying that the merchandise has been a bit weird because the masks as well are like pink. They're not white. Well, the 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 masks are a bit. They're they're not. You know, they're never going to be wholly accurate. And no, they want to distinguish the difference between a fan one and a wrestler. Yeah, one. but then you know that's one thing. But then they they were selling like. 
uh, I think they may have sold Mercy the Buzzard and the Rambling Rabbit one or whatever. They were selling some of the puppets, but then the Vince one was like not, you know, like it's so obviously Vince. It's Vince with some horns on his head. That's the character. But That's the, the... Obviously, Vince was like, I don't want to sell that as I merch. Don't, <laughs> I don't want to sell that as merch. So they redesigned only for the merch mm. stands. It's the replica ones. Is the, the, it's like just a generic, small looking like man puppet thing that's got a white face and white hair and has like blue eyes or something and a couple of horns you know that literally looks nothing like the act in <laughs> no they, way does that look, look like the one if they made it look slightly different you'd probably see people buying it but if it looks completely different no one's think about buy how many they'd have sold if they just genuinely just sold a puppet called the vince mcmahon puppet oh my god vince yeah. mcmahon devil puppet vince mcmahon with went, devil horns that would sell out <laughs> that would sell out people want a vince mcmahon devil horns i mean who knows this one might have sold out but yeah you're right it's just a bit weird a bit off yeah anyway i love the fiend and now he's uh seemingly going to be challenging whoever the universal champion is to mm. a hell in a cell match at hell in a cell pay-per-view which is cool well no this was the thing they were talking about the this this meme that was it kind of undersell undersells it to call it a meme but it was a thing about they were talking about the you remember the very gimmicky era that WWE went through where they had like plumbers early 90s mechanic yeah like yeah very early 90s characters that were just yeah. naff and they were saying like that took numerous writers they came up with all these weird absurd characters mm. like none of the wrestlers had any involvement and then they just found they were like the fiend like long-running overarching story interesting character depth it had its own show and it's like this all just came up from one guy who one had guy, the idea yeah. he's like bray wyatt yeah why not he just had to try and reinvent himself and found this like incredible character that had this like it didn't wrestle a single match but was the most talked about thing on raw i mean also one of those characters that was a generic job character was Bray Wyatt's father, IRS. Yeah. You know, he's called IRS. <laughs> yeah, he, spawned, he has spawned from that generation. <laughs> yeah. But like, obviously, I understand there's obviously writers now that work on the Firefly Funhouse and add in, but it was his idea. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. He's such a creative person to have there that when you think of when the Fiend character sort of comes to an end and maybe Bray Wyatt retires, mm. get that fucker and can like in creative. Creative, yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone else who's who's returned recently, Sasha Banks has returned. Now she's blue. Oh yeah, now yeah, she's just blue now. <laughs> well, it's like it's um, it's the fact that they go. Oh, I genuinely when she came out, I thought her hair looks weird. And she's wearing the purple wig. I was thinking her hair looks weird. It's like it's too big at the back. It's like what's she done to her hair? Her hair looks a bit rubbish. I'm like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this as a straight man. Why so, am I looking at going, her hair's not great. Why am I talking about her hair? But then she pulls off the wig and I was like, that's why it looks weird because <laughs> she was hiding her actual hair underneath it. <laughs> and it's blue. And it's blue and it looks cool. Um, Sasha has always been a better heel. She was an amazing heel in NXT. She always works. Her character works better as a heel. Her character works better as a heel. I mean, you know, she calls herself the boss. What kind of good guy calls themselves the boss it's do you know from she, springsteen well when she <laughs> he's the only one <laughs> and it was that when she, when she was faced that she couldn't really talk about being the boss much because like mm. you say it doesn't fit so yeah her coming back as apart from michael cole yelling it's boss time boss time like, like, that's well, one of the amazing things about turning heels the <laughs> cole doesn't do that anymore yeah, boss time is the equivalent of brie mode it's the same as it's the big dog <laughs> brie mode <laughs> brie mode um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so Sasha Banks is now a heel. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her. She's going to go up against Becky at 
Clash of Champions. I think so, yeah. For the Raw Women's Championship. And could it be the first time that she ever wins a Women's Championship on a pay-per-view? I'd because say... Sasha mm. Banks is, what, a four-time Women's Champion? Yeah, and they all came from... They were all on episodes of Raw. Yeah. Because it was during a period of time when... Uh, Charlotte never lost on pay-per-view. She had a 100% record on pay-per-view. She never lost on pay-per-view. And so it was always like a thing where Sasha would win the title on the Raw after the pay-per-view, hold it for about three weeks, and then the next pay-per-view, she'd lose it to Charlotte. And it was just back and forth, a hot potato they with were, the title. Yeah, tossing the championship around. Over the course of about three months, the title changed hands about six times. It was it ridiculous. Felt, it felt like they were doing it just so they could say things like, four-time champion Sasha yeah. Banks. And like... It also yeah, felt like they were yes, using but... it to try and boost Charlotte's record. Yeah, and you're having title changes on Raw. Yeah, because Charlotte's now, what, a nine-time or something women's champion? She's, nearly... she's won Raw and SmackDown women's title, and she won the women's championship when it was rebranded and uh, from it... the Divas title. When yeah, when it was dual-branded. When it was just dual-branded, yeah, before the Raw and SmackDown titles came along. Mm. She was women's champion, and then she was Raw women's champion, and then SmackDown women's champion, and she was an NXT women's champion. So she's at, at this point like nine times or something. I think it's nine. And they, they feel like they're just doing it so they can get her up to 16 times so she can be like, woo! I'm like, <laughs> daddy! Just like my daddy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, tr- it's, uh, it's played out. It is played out, but... What can you do when your last what name's can we Flair? Do? But Sasha Banks and... Um, you know, Bailey. Bailey. This is something. I oh, the turn. To. Yeah. Bailey is technically a heel now. Yeah, and there's there's been a preview of what her new gear will look like, and her new her new gear matches Sasha's basically. That's cool. Yeah, so they're probably going to have a run with the women's tag titles. Maybe. Yeah. Again, but then Sasha was like, I I walked away because I felt like I was being underutilized because I was in the tag title match. Yeah. She was when a- I should be in the world title match. Like you know. Yeah, she was genuinely at odds with the company because of that. Yeah, but I think she was pissed off because the titles, I in like in shoot mm. situation, like backstage, what actually happened, I think, was that she was pissed off that they were dropping the titles. Yeah, but in kayfabe, they've done it as. I didn't even want to be women's tag team champion. I wanted to be women's champion in a solo thing, and yet I was forced into this thing of being in a tag team and yeah. being women's tag team champion which just all shits on the championships 100% which now then makes me think well why the fuck would she be wanting to go for the women's title to the women's the tag, tag titles. titles yeah now it's now it's okay now but it's maybe okay it's a thing where they're going to have like... Sasha win the Raw women's championship and Bailey wins the Smackdown well it's still Smackdown women's champion um, and they sort of just they run as a team that have both belts a, yeah they, they, they're running each show that'd be kind of cool but um, yeah to be fair maybe it'll build to that so they're sort of giving Sasha what she wants mm. and then they'll go we'd like you to go for the tag titles yeah. now yeah maybe that's it um, makes a lot of sense actually who done it Roman Reigns <laughs> my favourite murder I'd mystery I'd just move on to the next thing who's done it you know who shot JR not that JR not that um, JR <laughs> Um, who, who tried to kill Roman Reigns? So I know who you think, but I'm going to say someone different because right. I think you've sold it to me. My 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 thought process is it's Luke Harper. Yeah, because uh, they've tried to go. Oh no, it's see is that Rowan because he's there in the in the picture. You can see him. He's he's 
pushing over some boxes. That must mean it's him. Yeah, and you go, and you well, go, then he's clearly not the one in the what, forklift, is who, he? Who's the one in the forklift who's actually pushed over this rigging that actually landed on Roman? Because you can just see Eric Rowan in the background pushing some boxes that went nowhere near him. He's not pulling it with a rope. <laughs> and then we assume, yeah, sure, Eric Rowan said it was me in the car that tried to run you over. Cool. Right, that's simple enough. And we couldn't see who was in the car. So, yeah, let's Sick. say it's Eric Rowan. Attempted right? murder. But there was definitely... So, there wasn't a solo venture than trying to kill <laughs> Roman Reigns thing. And, yeah, obviously Eric Rowan had something to do with it. But the question is, is it Daniel Bryan who helped Eric Rowan, and Daniel Bryan's just being really coy about the whole thing. Or is it actually Luke Harper? Because Luke Harper is now locked into a contract with WWE when he wanted to go. He's kind of forced to be on and TV And he's sort of point, thinking cause... at this point, well, fuck it, I'd rather be doing stuff on TV and than not doing stuff on TV. Um, and rather be getting back in the ring and doing some matches. And if I can do some cool stuff with Roman Reigns, that's cool. Uh, he's kind of, I, I, I feel like he might be in quite a freeing position as well. Yeah. It, He's like, well, I'm stuck here. So if I do badly or if I just like hate my job, if they fire me, so be it. <laughs> yeah. I'll go elsewhere. But I guess he's, yeah, he, if he wants to fulfill a bit of time and just get back in the ring, perfect opportunity. And he's Sorry, working. I'm drinking. Yeah, right. And he's working with I people. I could probably, that was probably picked up on the cam, <laughs> on the microphone. Just hearing the sound of clicking, clanking <laughs> of, the, of the cam. But yes, Corey Carroll. Yeah, so it's a, but like having like Luke 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 Harper makes a lot of sense because it's uh, he's working with people he's worked with in the past. I think he also felt a bit pissed off that the two of them were doing the Bludgeon Brothers thing. Eric Rowan got injured, so they were like, "Right, we're not going to do that for a while." And then he was like, "Well, since he's injured, I'm going to take this opportunity to have some surgery I need doing." So he gets this surgery he's doing. Then Eric Rowan's recovered and they're like in the meantime he comes back and then he goes they go oh now Eric Rowan's just doing this stuff with Daniel Bryan now and Bludgeon Brothers is dead and Harper's going well that was really picking up some steam like we didn't just start we'd only just started we hadn't really got too far with it but we were really looking forward to doing more stuff with this stuff yeah and And yet another gimmick that's and now he's he's been dropped again and it's like I can't catch a break. They've done the Wyatt family. They've been a tag team on their own. They did Bludgeon Brothers on their own. And then it was like, he's just cycling through all these different things. Yeah. And it's like, just land on something. Yeah. And he felt, and, he probably felt like he had landed on something And I think at this point, that. I think Bludgeon Brothers was too gimmicky. I feel. I was never oh, fully invested yeah, in them. Yeah, the big hammers. And I felt it was like... too gimmicky with the, bl- with the, yeah, with the hammers and the cloaks and the whole kind of, faux undertaker style thing that was going on with it and we're supposed to suddenly go that's not just eric rowan and luke harper that we've known for years i think it was also bad timing because the viking raiders are so popular um that that just kind of is too close so the wb the the creative probably thought yeah. well we've already got the viking raiders i, mean, viking I don't raiders know are... i would pick you up on whether they're that popular but yes oh the viking raiders War Raiders were. Oh, War Raiders, obviously. War Raiders were hugely popular, but the whole mess of the Viking experience and everything and renaming them and stuff, and they're just beating up jobbers at the moment. They are they're just like, going through a jobber phase. And, and when their music hits, the crowd just go, time only... for a piss break, and they fuck off. Yeah, because they know so it's going to be a jobber think, team. You know, there's no reaction to that. No, but having gimmick, like, they were over. But they having have a gimmick a, that's too they close have a gimmick, to it. and it's on television, yeah. that is too close too to Too similar Brothers. to it. And when one's injured and you think, well, we don't want to just not do anything with Rowan in but the But I meantime. think it would work, because in doing what they're doing now, if they had Luke Harper just return to be with Eric Rowan, and they basically were street clothes, and they're basically going, 
we're being overlooked. We've been yeah. overlooked over and over and over again. And, you know, we can't catch a break. So we're taking matters into our own hands. And that's the the, the, the basic storyline behind it. Fans really latched onto it too. Fans really liked the idea of Rowan wearing different metal t-shirts. Yeah. And there's like, there's a, there's a, at the moment, a work in progress. I was quite surprised by some of the, the metal t-shirts, you know. Like he had some, some, some of the pretty bands niche are... bands. <laughs> niche bands, yeah, yeah. Because he was going, I, I didn't know any of them, obviously, but like I knew a couple. Mm. I recognised the couple and then I thought, well, the fact that I don't know any of these, yeah. he really is like, he's going in depth with this. Yeah. And then there was like... That the... is just his t-shirt collection. Well, and That's what yeah. that is. And fans were like, fans had made these charts about like, right, which band is this, which band, and ticking off like all these mm. different bands that he'd represented. So it'll be interesting to see how Luke Harper goes moving forward. Um, yeah. And it, hopefully, I think he's going to be... You said earlier that you didn't think it was Luke Harper. You I said originally... Be, who do you think it was then? So I didn't think it would be Luke Harper. I obviously initially thought it was going to be Brian. And Daniel Bryan was just yeah, going to be too playing obvious. coy. It's too yeah. obvious. Then I thought, well, who could they bring in? Maybe it's someone new. Maybe it's someone that maybe is returning. Omega. <laughs> <laughs> Omega's debut. Um, CM Punk. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking that... Well, I didn't really know. Because I thought, well, if it's... I hadn't thought of Luke Harper. I don't know why he hadn't crossed my mind, but I just hadn't legitimately hadn't yeah. thought of him. Um, maybe because I still think he's just pissed off at home. And he's just waiting for his contract to end. Yeah. Which could well be true. And I was thinking, like, well, maybe they'll like, maybe they'll bring in someone new or... But I genuinely just didn't have... I was kind of like, if it's not Luke Harper, I don't know who it could be that would make sense if it I isn't just a, it oh, be. it's actually Daniel Bryan this whole time. And then yeah. I thought, what if, like, the Usos are doing it to him? <laughs> and I was like, but then why would that but make what sense? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I was trying to connect all of these wrestlers to the like the scenario. I was like, no. Turns like, out it was Rikishi because he did it for the rock. Did it for the rock. <laughs> I did it for Roman. <laughs> I did it for the rock because the rock was annoyed that Roman was taking all of his, <laughs> all of his, all of his popularity. Well, I was also thinking the only person I could actually legitimately connect it to because of their past, Seth Rollins. I was like, that yeah. would be weird if it was Seth. I feel like that would be quite a twist. It would be, and it'd be a nice way of doing Seth as a heel again. Yeah, Seth as a heel champion is great. And then it leads to Seth versus Roman. Yeah, and he is a ready-made bodyguard. Yeah. Eric Rowan. But it's the I only thing, it's, bit... it's the only person I can connect yeah. to. But then you leave yourself open to a lot of like annoyances yeah like how like little nuances that you have to try and work out also the other thing is WWE need more solid tag teams they do yeah and uh, Rowan and Harper is a good it's a proven tag team right? proven tag team that yeah. are good and solid and have popularity and Harper's great and if Harper returned the pop would be huge at least at first anyway oh, I think yeah Um. so yeah that's interesting to see with the Roman Reigns who done it well, I'm sure we'll find out soon we'll find out yeah well, I'd say we'll all find out soon it might happen at like Clash of Champions, we might find out. Well, the reveal. Yeah. Um, we found a security camera with a different angle. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. Um, the club. Now, we haven't talked about this because since we were last on doing a podcast, AJ has reunited with Gallows and Anderson mm. and are a heel group of the club. Cool. Yeah. The name is shit. Um, <laughs> the name is just like... It doesn't make sense for a start. It's, what is it? Is, it so does, does it stand for the original club? No. It's the OC, which is the original, the official, the only club that matters, the OC. Now, I would say surely it should be called like 
three OC, but that's a bit too close to three MB, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> but three OC or something because it's the it's the original official only club that matters essentially. And the name as well that also doesn't make sense, even if you want to stick with that name because because it's not the original. AJ's not the original. It's member not of that the original. Club. <laughs> it's not the original club. The original club is like Finn. Finn started it, and then Gallows and Anderson. No, Finn started it. Anderson started soon after that. And then it went from there. Yeah. So, like, Anderson makes perfect sense. Gallows, not so much. Gallows joined quite late on. AJ joined way after. I mean, in the context of WWE, yeah, it is AJ with Gallows and Anderson, right? In the context of WWE storylines. Yes. In, w- in the universe that is WWE. Because the three WWE. of them were together, and then when AJ became a babyface, yeah. Gallows and Anderson ended up doing their own thing. And then they were briefly, at times allied with Finn. Well, this is what really annoyed me about it because like they even did the Bala Club thing. Like, he was calling things Bala Club. Yeah. Had a whole attire based about it, was talking about it for weeks on end. I still wear my Bala Club t-shirt. Yeah, the Bala Club t-shirt's still sick. Yeah. And, like that BC Bala Club like, for life. That BC logo is everywhere. Yeah. And you go they didn't even bother trademark it. They didn't bother going anywhere with it. Yeah. And then they've, now they've stuck with the OC. Yeah. Which is a TV show. <laughs> I think it may have come out of the fact that there was all the stuff with the OGBC stuff on their gear and things. Yeah, they'd had that thing like OG Bullet Club and all that, but obviously couldn't say Bullet Club, so they went OGBC. But then they probably thought, we can't just call them the OGBC because that's a bit weird. They're like, take out the G and the B. Then people would then be going, well, what does the B stand for? Bullet, but don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the good thing about them doing it now is because Bullet Club at the moment... is basically dead. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) And I fully respect that Tomatonga is really trying... Like, Tomatonga and Fale, they're all trying to, you know, keeping that shit going. Jay White's part of it. Jay White, I was going to say, Which is great. But then you go, no one cares anymore. No. Because the three most important members fucked off. Yeah. exactly Um, it's difficult i understand it's difficult but it is that's just the brute force of just the fact that's the facts they're the facts they're not as good as they were so yeah doing the oc thing yeah it's just the name's the only problem i have yeah the 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 name is the only problem they could have just called it the club like i don't understand why they didn't have to go with the oc the original club and all this kind of crap like just call them the club the club is back it's not even like a trademark issue or registered let's just call it the club because that's what they were called when the three of them were together originally in WWE. They were called the club because they couldn't call them the Bullet Club. So see, they called them the club. You don't see hint, DX, hint. DX reforming and calling themselves, oh, we're DX 2000 now. We're DX 2.0. I mean, we did have LOD 2000. Oh, LOD, yeah. <laughs> Good old. Who was it? It was, uh, well, it was, the, it was um, Hawk and Animal with Sonny. Oh, God, yeah. And it was just like, hey, look at Sonny. She's wearing a funny dress and... She's hot, isn't she? And then we had LOD yeah. with Heidenreich. Oh, no, that was, yeah, it was Animal and Heidenreich as the newer LOD. They after were... Hawk had died a few years earlier. Yeah, and then they just put Heidenreich in. Yeah, like the, Animal the, Lauronitis, yeah. The um, the OC, I like, but hate the name. Yeah. Nothing will stop me true. not liking that name. Um, The last thing I really want to talk about is something which i mean to be honest this could probably be an entire podcast we could do about this but i sort of feel like it's something that has been bubbling under the surface for me and i've noticed it and i've been kind of getting a bit annoyed by it a little bit of the bubbly under the surface i'd be a little bit of bubbly under the surface (laughs) which is the only week this that's going to be a funny joke Um, (laughs) um 
which is uh, the politi- politicization of wrestling. Oh, and yeah, by yeah, that, yeah. I don't mean backstage politics. I don't mean like people, you know, going to Vince because they're pissed off with their yeah. character. Or I don't direction. mean Kofi Kingston being held down for ten years because of Randy Orton. Yeah. Right? I don't Roman Reigns that. running the locker room. Yeah, none of that. I'm crap. talking about actual politics and American politics specifically because it's only really just started happening yeah, again. Because basically, so we've known for years. Everyone's known for years how much of a Republican Vince McMahon is. Very right? public knowledge, and how much, well, and also Linda. Because, you know, Donald Trump was in Hall of Fame. Donald Trump runs for president. They get the support of Linda and Vince. They get some money from them, presumably, as well. Well, Linda then ended up... And then Linda ended up in his cabinet, Mm. right? And then she's not anymore. But then, you know, (laughs) recently it's been reported that she has given almost $400,000 in campaign donations to donald trump's 2020 campaign Mm. and i sort of feel like well to be fair as base news doesn't shock many people i mean it doesn't but at the same time it's the implications of that the implications of it are is that wwe fans feel deeply uncomfortable about things like this there's stuff about like saudi arabia like doing the shows in saudi arabia and there was a lot of political pressure from all sides from mainstream media saying you shouldn't be doing this and they went eh billion dollars don't care yeah we're getting fuckloads of money for this show and they went and did it anyway and people just go we're trying hard because we love your brand but we want to support it but it makes it very difficult when you do stuff like this and you start bringing politics into these things you've chosen a side publicly you've chosen a side publicly you're choosing the republican side politically and the money that we put into your company through buying your t-shirts like the ones we're currently wearing right now exactly a tiny proportion of that is making its way to the Republican Party, and people feel uncomfortable about that. Yeah, and and it sounds it sounds like a silly complaint, but it, this is a serious thing. But then you look at then on the other side, AEW have had, you know, I mean, granted they've not gone by any means the same level of coverage and no, 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 kind no, of no, involvement no. that Vince has gone with the Republicans to the Democrats, mm. but you know they've had. AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's, you know, the sort of up-and-comer young socialist um, within the Democrats. Yeah. Um, you know, putting on Twitter, congratulating, you know, Cody Rhodes and AEW on their sort of forward-thinking progressive diversity within AEW and all the mm. rest of it. And the thing is, on the surface, nothing wrong with that. I think having companies having the ideology of looking forward... Yeah. And- and being progressive is perfect, but like you're saying, yeah. having someone who is deeply involved in politics and is a politician, yeah, but also is very taking, divisive. Yeah, taking those words and being like, "Thank you for like congratulations." Yeah. That's so good. I'm I, so I glad to see of, a company doing that. I sort of feel like I mean, I like AOC. I think she's you know kind of positive character, but not to, to make this into a politics podcast because it definitely isn't. <laughs> um, is that she is a a divisive person mm. you know she's loved and hated in equal measure yeah she's people. marmite and when she says hey i endorse aew there are going to be wrestling fans who don't like her politics who say why is she getting why why is she sort of sullying wrestling by yeah. being involved in it because now i feel like i'm supporting aoc if i support aew and there's I, too much of a connection there shouldn't be any connection between politics and wrestling 
in that way. It should I mean, be generally a, they shouldn't it, be, but you it know. should be a neutral playing ground. There should be no we should one ha- side or the there other. There shouldn't be a WWE Hall of Famer in the White House. That's the case. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the know? root of the problem. If you're in the WWE Hall of Fame, I think that's a, a disqualification from being in elected office. In <laughs> yeah. My personal opinion, um, and that's as a wrestling fan. Yeah, as soon, <laughs> you know, as, soon as they see the ring, it's no, no, no. Yeah, no. that's the reason why The Rock hasn't gone in the Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> He wants to get at least eight years in the White House first before yeah. he does that. Then he'll take the Hall of Fame. In um, but then you, and then, but then, it's like the two elements that made me want to talk about this and this is the four hundred grand that, that Linda sent to Trump's campaign. But it's also then Andrew Yang, who is a sort of lower level Democratic presidential nomination nominee, um, who I mean his flagship um, policy is to do with giving every American a thousand dollars a month. Uh, to um, compensate for optimization or whatever, like robots taking people's jobs. Oh, I see, yeah. Universal basic income stuff. The, yeah, that the European Union is discussing. Well, there's a lot of people have discussed this all over the world. Richard Nixon mm. did it for the first time. He trialed a, a universal basic income in the 1970s. It yeah. seemed to work, but Republicans don't like giving out free money. Um, no, or healthcare. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, Andrew Yang's a presidential candidate, and he said you know congratulations jericho on winning your world title and you know it's great to see a sort of positive force for for good in in wrestling or something with aew Mm. and again it it is when he called about saying that saying like you know congratulations and it it really is defining it's basically they're using aew as a way to attack trump because they see trump as being representative of wwe and vince mcmahon and the republicans and yeah. that's what you see they're there. very closely linked together those the and WWE so and... democrats would say well we'll latch on to their opponent their their opposition it, their rival is, and it, it, this we're is now feels... turning wrestling into a into politics we're as saying, a weapon it's a weapon we're to saying be like now, if well i support a, this now if you're a democrat you should watch aew if you're a republican you, republican you should watch wwe and it's like no if you're a wrestling fan watch all wrestling and enjoy it all and we shouldn't it should be an escape kayfabe should be Mm. an escape from politics not an inclusion of it and and i just think do you know what feels can you you just think don't do this do you know what feels a bit filthy about it as well is that i know that especially things like the aoc and the andrew yang thing it screams my publicist has told me to do this because yep. it's a good because they've done the research and found out that AEW is this very progressive and left wing mm. company, as it seems to a politician. As it, as it seems out there, yeah. But that's the thing. Because Andrew Yang tweets out these things, it's then the assumption from the everyday fan that maybe sees that tweet or knows who Andrew Yang is or knows who AOC is, makes the association. Especially because both of those tweets involve a specific person. It then lays on the assumption that, oh well, I guess Cody Rhodes supports Andrew Yang. Yeah. And you go, Well, you don't know that. Andrew Yang has put that on top of that. Yeah. That his show of support for Cody then implies that Cody then supports him. Yeah. And the same with AOC. And you think, well, that's not fair because... Mm. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't the Andrew Yang thing for Chris Jericho, sorry. It was for... Well, yeah, but I think they he tagged Cody Rhodes. Like in NAEW. Because they kind of implying that Cody yeah. Rhodes is in charge of AEW, and yeah. thing is, as well, obviously, obviously they might support these Maybe, people. but I just think but that... But I think it's that implica- it's an implication that doesn't need to be made. Politics like saying, should be outside of wrestling. It should be external to entertainment. Entertainment yeah. is for me to be entertained. Like, news is depressing enough as it is. We're British. We have a shitty situation at the <laughs> we moment. We know about depressing news. If I watched <laughs> NXT UK, and on every episode of NXT UK, there was someone whose character was... Ha, Brexit's awesome. 
ha, screw you, snowflake. I'd be like, oh, do you know what? I watched this to get away from the shit on the television. And and now it feels like you're you're throwing in more of this stuff. And so with like Trump and AOC on the various sized Democrats, Republicans, mm. and the craziness of American politics, to then bring that into professional wrestling. It's like the only positive I can see from that is it shows wrestling is back into the cultural mainstream. If and that a, is one positive thing because they wouldn't bother themselves well, with AEW if they didn't think it was something that was actually going to make them look good. And if I was sitting there going, Andrew Yang, and if I knew this, if I knew that Andrew Yang and AOC both sat at home respectively and watched AEW and watched All Out yeah. and watched Double or Nothing, I'd be like, fair enough, they're just fans. They're just fans. It's, it's apolitical. Yeah. But because it seems like a very... I know, they, do, they don't watch it. Yeah, they you, they must have someone who works in, in their campaign team who's a big wrestling fan who's like, this would be a good. You should look at these guys because it'll make you look good. Yeah, because you can retweet them without their permission. Doesn't yeah. matter. You can say what you like. You don't have yeah. to get their permission to put this out. Yeah, and it's it's a it's an easy move. I if I was in charge of AEW, even as someone who I consider myself a liberal progressive, someone who is more on that side and definitely does not like Trump and stuff, I'd be saying to AOC's team, to Andrew Yang's team, and to don't, other Democrats. Don't associate us with this. Just don't associate us. We're in the middle. We're, 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 we're neutral. We're, we're neutral on politics because we're a wrestling company, not a politics yeah, company. We don't have to sway one or the other. We're, yeah, like you say, we're, we're providing an, entertainment. We're professional wrestling. It's sports entertainment. It shouldn't have an I implication mean, of we support this or we support yeah. that. It's like the stuff with the NFL. The NFL tried to stay neutral, but then that neutrality ends up becoming a side. Yeah, um, and then the football players end up protesting. Yeah. And it becomes it then becomes a political situation. Yeah. And Trump comments on it and it just it's a downward spiral. I don't know. It's it's a very complicated thing, but I think when it comes to sports, sports, if you know what I mean, like football, American football, competitive sports. Competitive sport, you know, maybe there there's a history of people who have you know, uh, made a political statement within sports because it's such a big platform and it was right to do so. You know, yeah. people like Jesse Owens and people like that, you know, uh, it's, it's, it was positive to do that. But within the sports entertainment world with professional wrestling, mm. no, because it is entertainment. You know, it's not a, you know, it's more, it's closer to watching EastEnders than it is to watching the NFL. Yeah. You know, and so I think that they should be staying less away from the there's more they should stay away from politics. Just lean more towards the actual entertainment. You know. Don't don't make these sides and you can see that a lot of these press conferences try and get these sorts of reactions because I mean AEW are asked constantly about um their sort of their views on LGBTQ plus mm. situations. Obviously they've got the wrestler Nyla Rose. Yeah. It's it's almost like they've accidentally fallen into that category of we are quite political and we are quite left wing. But I think part of the problem, I don't even think they are left wing. I don't no, they're think, not. They're, 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 I, don't they're think, I don't think they are. I don't. Th I think AEW is just like non-partisan. Uh, I think there is a definite... They're uh, just progressive. There is a more conservative um, element to WWE because it's innately, and WWE has a terrible history mm. of being racist and being sexist, sexist and homophobic in and and you know very clearly there's been many instances oh, there's been examples of that and that comes directly from vince and so 
they want to be an alternative to Vince. And if they're being an alternative to Vince, that means being open and honest and and being, being forward thinking, forward thinking and progressive, and and you know pushing equality in wrestling and trying to be that alternative. Perfect. And that's great. And you can use that as a great marketing position and to as a to, great to promote your show promote your show and and also to you know be a positive influence in the wrestling world great yeah. but i just think that you know politicians getting involved i just sort of think i'd be if i was AEW, i'd be saying you know we thank you for your support and we thank you for you know being positive about us and and that stuff but it actually we would prefer it if politicians didn't comment on what we were doing we wouldn't like to be associated with either party yeah that's not our business because it alienates republicans from them and wwe don't want to alienate democrats from them no they want money that is what they want at the end yeah. of the point they are an entertainment business Full and they stuff, are there yeah. to make money yeah so it's it's that's it it doesn't need to have a side yeah so yeah i completely agree with you it does it just shouldn't be involved whatsoever yeah. so we've now had a really uh deep end to this thing well it's, i think it's good that you had a political part in this because you know quite a lot about politics i, I think it's I, it's I, good I, to, like for you to, to have a say I, on i'm that. interested in this stuff but i think i don't i never wanted politics to in, get involved in that's it and so we've ironically got it had it involved podcast. in this podcast <laughs> yeah um and i sort of feel like you know, this whole thing's supposed to be like, hey, what's coming up at Clash of Champions? And what's this going on in the world of wrestling at the well, moment? It, it, if uh, we but, turn this into sort of, well, we don't like this because they support so-and-so, it's it's not fair. Because we are, again, just entertainment. It's yeah. not, this is just for fun. Yeah, There's no association whatsoever with any company or any side. This yeah. is just an entertainment. It's a wrestling podcast. It's a wrestling podcast where we talk about wrestling. Yeah. Um, we will do another podcast at some point. Um, I'm not sure when. Probably. Wait, what's the next pay per view? Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. Maybe October. Maybe well, it's September now. So maybe next month. Yeah. We. I mean, we do this. We've talked about this many times before. That the summer <laughs> is a bit of a quiet period for us doing these things. It is. I think it's because the weather's nicer and we like to be outside more and just doing other things. We also both don't like the sun that much. <laughs> so. Plus the other thing is, is that like. Uh, there's less going on during the summer. There you is. have SummerSlam, sure, but you know it's a lull. It's a it's bit a of lull. a lull, especially between WrestleMania and the build-up to SummerSlam. There's mm. a lull, so we would do more over the winter, the yeah. prime season of and wrestling. It turns out that decision is the right decision because we're on, we're on the brink of the Wednesday Night Wars. We're on the brink of the Wednesday Night Wars. We yeah. needed to do one before this whole stuff started. There's a new weekly show coming up. There's like there's an extended NXT coming up. Fox on uh, Fox on SmackDown, SmackDown on, on Fox. Fox, and it's yeah. The, see, the, the climate changes, so it sort of sets us up for like a new season. And we believe in climate change. Yeah, we believe in climate change. <laughs> <laughs> you said that without thinking of the other well, meaning, you know, didn't you? Hadn't thought about it. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll be back when uh, more amazing stuff has happened. <laughs> assuming you know. So, uh, there's there's no definitely going to be crazy stuff happening. I yeah, guarantee no there will be a big debut on um, AEW's first TNT show. Yep, there'll be a Lex Luger moment. I, I almost guarantee it. You know, when Lex Luger turned up at the Mall of America, oh, and it, they've just had the... and he just left, walked out of WWF, and walked straight into WCW. Like they form, they've just had the former LAX from Impact Wrestling. Yes, they have. They, they debuted at LAX, but yeah, yeah. But it's those two, and yeah. um, so yeah, you're right. There'll be there's going to be something. They're going to plan something for that first show. They want it to be a blowout. Yeah. 
and it's going to be really cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, um, you know, that's been episode number 31 of the uh, AEW podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the CSW podcast. Um, and I've been Matt Bass. I've been Benjamin. And uh, follow us on Twitter at CSW pod on Twitter or on Instagram. Follow Ben on at at bubbly balls i mean at, at ring review pw ring review pw um and uh catch us next time give us a subscribe on in- on instagram and yeah i didn't mean instagram i meant itunes and stuff follow us everywhere. follow us in all our places yeah bye 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 how long did we go for <laughs>